So the FTC ends up shutting down savings that beam under a tentative settlement. So Beam, the mobile savings app that imploded last year after a CNBC investigation revealed dozens of customers were unable to get their money out, and has been shut down for good under a tentative settlement with the Federal Trade Commission. As part of the settlement, Beam is banned from operating a mobile banking app or any other product or service that can be used to deposit store or withdraw funds. It is also it also is prohibited from misrepresenting the interest rates, restrictions, and other aspects of any financial product or service. Now, the company must also refund approximately two point six million dollars in customer deposits and interest. And the agreement, which must still be approved by a federal judge in San Francisco, bars the company's founder Yanan Aaron Du. From operating a similar business in the future, and under the settlement, neither Beam nor Do admit wrongdoing. So, pretty much, what I find interesting about this, right, is that so you have an app, a mobile banking app, that basically prevented people from actually getting the money back from depositing it into their app, and this is kind of like the scary thing about this, like. Is scary because a kind of similar situation happened before, where a like a hedge fund hedge fund guy hedge fund manager right basically ran pretty much a Ponzi scheme, only got prevented it like got prevented from actually running another Ponzi scheme for only two years, right? And then ended up basically coming back again to create basically another hedge fund, and he made you know potentially no I think he actually literally made billions and billions and billions of dollars in I believe 2020. So like I'm not gonna go and like you know call the person out and all that kind of stuff, but basically the thing that i find interesting about these sort of things is that okay the founder right yanan aaron do is even though it says that you're not like he's per, like prevented from like operating a similar business in the future there's probably going to be ways around that for him there's probably going to be ways that he's going to go get around it he could potentially end up creating a massive company almost like an umbrella company that ends up owning other companies that end up doing this exact same thing right it's there's ways around this sort of stuff especially in the financial industry which i've seen like the hedge fund example where if people are able to create a business that could make millions or billions of dollars, there's going to be a way for them to find a loophole to make that money again. And, you know, more people could end up losing their money again. So I don't necessarily like this whole situation, right? So the thing continues. So the message here is simple for mobile banking apps and similar services. Don't lie about your customer's ability to get their money when they need it, said Daniel Kaufman, the FTC's acting director of consumer protection, in a statement. 
So a spokeswoman for Beam and Dude did not immediately respond to a request for comment. And again, this is from CNBC. So Beam, which launched in 2019, billed itself as the first mobile high-interest savings account for the 99%. Already a red flag. The company claimed that its lean business model, operating exclusively through an app with no physical branches, allowed it to pay customers much higher interest on deposits than a traditional bank with 24-7 access to their money. Beam purported to pay between 0.2% and 1% or around 20 times the typical rate at banks for account holders. Users could increase their daily rate to as high as 7% by performing tasks such as referring new customers and Beam said customer deposits were insured by the FDIC even though, as the company acknowledged, Beam itself was not a bank. So the CNBC investigation last fall revealed that Beam used a legal arrangement known as a sweep account to move customer deposits through a network of bank collecting interest on those funds that it could then pay back to depositors. Because Beam was not a bank, the FDIC insurance would cover customers if one of the banks failed, but not if Beam itself failed. So customers said they first began encountering problems last spring. Withdrawal requests went unheeded, users said, and complaints apparently were met with excuses blaming everything from Beam's vendors to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then in November, the FTC sued Beam, alleging unfair or deceptive acts. Now, I don't know if this would be considered unfair, but it was definitely deceptive Acts. Like what they did to their customers was deceptive, right? Like there's no way to put it. Ten days later, the company told CBC it had processed withdrawals for 98% of all requested customers and was working to complete the rest. Several customers confirmed to CNBC that they had finally received their funds and it was unclear in court filings how much money, if any, is still outstanding. Still pending is a proposed class action suit filed by a Florida depositor accusing Beam of fraud and negligence and seeking unspecified damages. Beam has not yet responded to the complaint in a conference before a U.S. magistrate is set for next month. So either way, I find this interesting because here's the thing. There are online banks out there, right? Good example, Ally. Right, Ally is an online bank. It provides some interesting interest rates, typically better than a normal savings account or normal bank. And it's basically under the same reason as this for Beam, where you know, since it's a solely online bank, they can afford the whole, you know, pay a little bit more interest to basically sustain or give their potential customers or clients you know, better interest rate to basically keep them in the door, basically get them into the door and then keep them in the door. Now, the thing that you got to also understand for all these interest rates, none of them, like no matter how high it is, no matter what interest you interest rate you're going to get from any sort of online savings account, they're always going to fluctuate, period, right? So you could just use Ally, for example, when it, I don't know, like maybe like a year ago, Ally was offering almost 2% interest rate, and then it 
kept dropping and then kept dropping and then kept dropping and then kept dropping, right? But they make it very clear to like, hey, this interest rate can vary a lot depending on different things, right? Like they make it clear that like whatever interest rate that they're providing at that time is, you know, not going to be like permanent forever, right? And they also make it a pretty simple process to get your money from there. Now, Robinhood also kind of like faced similar situations in the sense where like they were trying to claim that they were like specifically insured under a certain thing that a bank would be like insured from, which isn't the case, right? Because they aren't a bank. And even now they have like, oh, you know, you could have like a cash account where we could provide, you know, a certain amount of percent, right? Well, guess what? They're not still considered a bank. They're like considered something else which allows them to provide some sort of insurance, but nothing like a typical FDIC-insured bank. So even Robinhood, one of the biggest and largest platforms when it comes to like stock trading or investing, right? They even faced issues with this because they also tried to do something similar to Beam where they tried to claim something that they weren't, right? Robinhood is not blank, it's an investment platform, right? Like a stock trading platform, it's an app, right? But if you have cash in their like little cash account section of it, you could earn a pretty good interest rate. Again, you got to keep in mind, they are not a bank and they are not FDIC insured. So Beam basically, well, you know, was honest. And when it was like facing this whole situation, be like, okay, hey, we screwed up. We are not actually insured like a bank. This is our terms, right? Like this is what we can offer you. Point blank, like you know, make it black and white, very simple, very open to the customer or clients, and they would probably be perfectly fine. And also, if they said something like, "Also, you can't have immediate access to your money. It might take." Three days, it might take a week, depending on different circumstances. That could have saved them as well. But because they didn't do that, because they basically tried to cover up everything and basically lie to their customers, at like face value lie to their customers, they're in this really horrible situation. So if you're going to create like a financial app, do not do what they did. So the FTC ends up shutting down savings at Beam under a tentative settlement. So Beam, the mobile savings app that imploded last year after a CNBC investigation revealed dozens of customers were unable to get their money out, and has been shut down for good under a tentative settlement with the Federal Trade Commission. As part of the settlement, Beam is banned from operating a mobile banking app or any other product or service that can be used to deposit store or withdraw funds. It is also it also is prohibited from misrepresenting the interest rates, restrictions, and other aspects of any financial product or service. Now the company must also refund approximately two point six million dollars and customer deposits and interest, and the agreement, which must still be approved by a federal judge in San Francisco, bars the company's founder, Yanan Aaron Du, 
from operating a similar business in the future, and under the settlement, neither Beam nor Do admit wrongdoing. So pretty much what I find interesting about this, right, is that so you have an app, a mobile banking app that basically prevented people from actually getting the money back from depositing it into their app. And this is kind of like the scary thing about this. Like, it's scary because a kind of similar situation happened before where a like a hedge fund, hedge fund guy, hedge fund manager, right, basically ran pretty much a Ponzi scheme, only got prevented it, like, got prevented from actually running another Ponzi scheme for only two years, right? And then ended up basically coming back again to create basically another hedge fund. And he made, you know, potentially, no, I think he actually literally made billions and billions and billions of dollars in, I believe, 2020. So... Like, I'm not going to go and, like, you know, call the person out and all that kind of stuff. But basically, the thing that I find interesting about these sort of things is that, okay, the founder, right, Yanan Aaron Du, is, even though it says that you're not, like, he's, per, like, prevented from, like, operating a similar business in the future, there's probably going to be ways around that for him. There's probably going to be ways that he's going to go get around it. He could potentially end up creating a massive company, almost like an umbrella company that ends up owning other companies that end up doing this exact same thing, right? It's There's ways around this sort of stuff, especially in the financial industry, which I've seen, like the hedge fund example, where if people are able to create a business that could make millions or billions of dollars, there's going to be a way for them to find a loophole to make that money again. And, you know, more people could end up losing their money again. So I don't necessarily like this whole situation, right? So the thing continues. So the message here is simple for mobile banking apps and similar services. Don't lie about your customer's ability to get their money when they need it, said Daniel Kaufman, the FTC's acting director of consumer protection, in a statement. So a spokeswoman for Beam and Dude did not immediately respond to a request for comment. And again, this is from CNBC. So Beam, which launched in 2019, billed itself as the first mobile high-interest savings account for the 99%. Already a red flag. The company claimed that its lean business model, operating exclusively through an app with no physical branches, allowed it to pay customers much higher interest on deposits than a traditional bank with 24-7 access to their money. Beam purported to pay between 0.2% and 1% or around 20 times the typical rate at banks for account holders. Users could increase their daily rate to as high as 7% by performing tasks such as referring new customers and Beam said customer deposits were insured by the FDIC even though, as the company acknowledged, Beam itself was not a bank. So the CNBC investigation last fall revealed that Beam 
used a legal arrangement known as a sweep account to move customer deposits through a network of bank collecting interest on those funds that it could then pay back to depositors. Because Beam was not a bank, the FDIC insurance would cover customers if one of the banks failed, but not if Beam itself failed. So customers said they first began encountering problems last spring. Withdrawal requests went unheeded, users said, and complaints apparently were met with excuses blaming everything from Beam's vendors to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then in November, the FTC sued Beam, alleging unfair or deceptive acts. Now, I don't know if this would be considered unfair, but it was definitely deceptive acts. Like, what they did to their customers was deceptive, right? Like, there's no way to put it. Ten days later, the company told CBC it had processed withdrawals for 98% of all requested customers and was working to complete the rest. Several customers confirmed to CNBC that they had finally received their funds, and it was unclear in court filings how much money, if any, is still outstanding. Still pending is a proposed class action suit filed by a Florida depositor accusing Beam of fraud and negligence and seeking unspecified damages. Beam has not yet responded to the complaint, and a conference before a U.S. magistrate is set for next month. So either way, I find this... Interesting, because here's the thing. There are online banks out there, right? Good example, Ally, right? Ally is an online bank. It provides some interesting interest rates, typically better than a normal savings account or normal bank. And it's basically under the same reason as this for Beam, where, you know, since it's an solely online bank they can afford the whole you know pay a little bit more interest to basically sustain or give their potential customers or clients you know better interest rate to basically keep them in the door basically get them into the door and then keep them in the door now the thing that you got to also understand for all these interest rates none of them like no matter how high it is no matter what interest you interest rate you're going to get from any sort of online savings account, they're always going to fluctuate, period, right? So you could just use Ally, for example, when it, I don't know, like maybe like a year ago, Ally was offering almost 2% interest rate, and then it kept dropping, and then kept dropping, and then kept dropping, and then kept dropping, right? But they make it very clear, they're like, hey, this interest rate, can vary a lot depending on different things, right? Like they make it clear that like whatever interest rate that they're providing at that time is, you know, not going to be like permanent forever, right? And they also make it a pretty simple process to get your money from there. Now, Robinhood also kind of like faced similar situations in the sense where like, they were trying to claim that they were like specifically insured under a certain thing that a bank would be like insured from, which isn't the case, right? Because they aren't a bank. And even now they have like, oh, you know, you could have like a cash account where we could provide, you know, a certain amount of percent, right? Well, guess what? They're not still considered a bank. They're like considered something else, which allows them to provide some sort of insurance, but nothing like a typical FDIC insured bank. So even Robinhood, one of the 
biggest and largest platforms when it comes to like stock trading or investing, right? They even faced issues with this because they also tried to do something similar to Beam where they tried to claim something that they weren't, right? Robinhood is not blank. is an investment platform, right? Like a stock trading platform is an app, right? But if you have cash in their like little cash account section of it, you could earn a pretty good interest rate. Again, you got to keep in mind, they are not a bank and they are not FDIC insured. So Beam basically, well, you know, was honest. And when it was like facing this whole situation, be like, okay, hey, we screwed up. We are not actually insured like a bank. This is our terms, right? Like this is what we can offer you point blank, you know, make it black and white, very simple, very open to the customer or clients and they would probably be perfectly fine and also if they said something like also you can't have immediate access to your money it might take three days it might take a week depending on different circumstances that could have saved them as well but because they didn't do that because they basically try to cover up everything and basically lie to their customers at like face value lie to their customers they're in this really horrible situation so if you're going to create like a financial app do not do what they did 